Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome back to the Holtcast. Happy holidays. Hope everyone is staying safe. Well, I should say safe and healthy uh, during this holiday season. Cole Petham here as always. And we're, it's going to be a blend, guys. So bear with us. Of course, we're going to touch upon uh, the Palace win. We'll touch upon the Chelsea result. And we'll also preview uh, the United game that's happening on New Year's Day as well. So it's going to be a jam-packed episode, kind of going over everything as much as possible. So of course, uh, thanks for joining. As I said before, if you guys want to be so kind, go over to uh, Apple Podcasts, if that's where you listen to us, and leave us a five-star review. It just makes it easier for other people to find us and wherever else you're listening if there's a rating system please leave us five stars a plus five whatever um it's always appreciated but nonetheless of course it's not just me here today i have my good friend danny raza here so danny how you doing doing well mate doing very well very satisfying weekend of football i'd say uh and i think as well probably our first podcast since the the first time i've appeared on the podcast since before so since before the christmas break so I just want to say, um, hope everybody's having a great Christmas period so far. Not been an ideal one, been a weird one, but uh, yeah, lots of festive cheer for Villa at the moment. 100%. And of course, there is a third to this festive party. Of course, we have Stephen from at Villa Analytics on Twitter. So Stephen, how you doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Likewise, enjoying the Villa at the minute and uh, yeah, had a pretty good Christmas. Well, it's always good to hear. Yeah, like I said before, hope everyone had a, a good Christmas, was able to relax given the circumstances of the world and all that stuff. But anyways, let's dive into it, guys. Uh, let's let's touch on the Palace result here quickly because it has to be mentioned. I mean, 3-0 to the Villa at home. The home concerns have kind of been brushed to the side for the time being, at least. That record has improved at home, thankfully, of course. Uh, that leaves us at that point on 25 points. Of course, the, the Chelsea result gives us to 26, but nonetheless... Uh, would at that point moved us up to about I think seventh place it was or something like that. But I think the main uh, talking point here, Danny, and I'll throw it to you first, would be three nil to the Villa, down to ten men, and we score two goals while being down to ten men. So, what were your thoughts on the matches its entirety, really? Yeah, I think I think huge, huge test for Villa. I, I did think that Palace might want to come back stronger after obviously losing seven nil to Liverpool, but uh, no, I think I think Palace. They really did struggle. They caused us a couple of problems early on with um, with with Zaha, um, you know, getting Ming sent off effectively. But other than that, I just thought Villa were comfortable. Like even even you know from the first goal from from when Villa started off in the first half to the second half, even when they were down to ten men, they just looked really really comfortable. And that was you have to say a massive problem solving effort from Dean Smith, who uh, tactically just got it so right and really did outdo Roy Hodgson because. Um, you know, another team or maybe a Villa team from last season would have fallen apart, but everybody did their job so, so well and comfortable victory in the end. And it just goes to show how far Villa have come. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think this is a game where a lot of people are looking at it. And I mean, um, I talked to Jay from the Eagles beak, um, which is a uh, crystal palace fan site, of course. And during the preview that would have went out, I think it was last week, to be honest, I'm 
losing track of my days since I've had six days off and just have done absolutely nothing. But nonetheless, we had a chat about it and I was kind of telling him like, I, I don't really know how to feel about this game. Of course, they just came off a seven nil hammering against Liverpool. You're thinking, okay, well, they bounce back. And of course, fair play to them. They started off brightly. They had a very good chance through Zaha to score a fantastic save from Emmy Martinez to keep us in at early doors. And of course, right off the bat, I think that's the second game in a row at that point um, where we've scored within the first 10 minutes. So arguably another quick start. And then of course you have Mings who, I mean, it is frustrating. Of course, the first yellow I think was a little soft and a little silly. I really don't think he did anything wrong. The second, you can't really be doing that when you're on a, a set or on a first yellow, of course. But the weird thing is you're thinking, okay, this is going to be a long second half. And we just wrote it out to be fair. Like, I think we only had 38% possession throughout the whole game, which you would expect being down to 10 men, but we looked very compact, comfortable when we're on the ball, we look like we're almost always going to score and it was proven. I I mean, it's just so great to see players like El Ghazi and Traore, like I've said before, just kind of come off the bench after being kind of sat there for long awaited periods of time and to kind of seize their moment. I think that's the best thing. And the thing, and I'll, I'll come to Steven next here in a moment, but the thing I love is that we're still missing Trezeguet. We're still missing Ross Barkley and we're churning out results. It's all positive and it's an undefeated December. I think that's the most positive thing here, but Steven, what were your thoughts on the palace result? I mean, it's a brilliant three points and it has to be even better that we did it. while ultimately being with only 10 men. Yeah, I think that game for me pretty much epitomizes how far we've come uh, this season from last. Like last season, as Danny said, I think we probably would have fallen apart after that red card. But to then go and absolutely wipe the floor with them, you know, we were better than them first half. But second half, I think the gap between us and them became even bigger. We just absolutely tore them apart and never looked like conceding. It's just, it's one of the most positive performances I've seen from Villa for a very, very long time, other than obviously. <laughs> Liverpool and a couple other games this season. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, apparently the Liverpool 7-2 never happened according to like different parts of different fan bases, which is hilarious because they'll just say it's due to deflections. But of of course, like this season has been a whirlwind for, of, of course, outside of football, but inside of football. I mean, it's been crazily unpredictable for a lot of teams and you'll see some teams dropping like Arsenal, which you, I guess, would expect, but maybe not to this degree. And then you see us at the other end of the spectrum just absolutely flying and to some extent, Danny, would you say we've kind of done this under the radar somewhat? I, I know we had a lot of media attention, of course, with the, the Liverpool result and, of course, beating Leicester and that kind of positive little for, uh, form of uh, results there. And then, of course, it tailed off for a little bit. But would you agree with that and saying we're doing it kind of under the radar? I don't I don't think so. You know, I think I think Villa are turning a lot of heads. And I think I think I think that they are getting a lot of praise and they are getting a lot of plaudits in the media now. Villa are getting points at the moment, and that's you know that's that's good. Obviously, what happens if that turns to negative energy? What happens if Villa sort of get off form? They're gonna suddenly have to deal with being a team that's expected to be doing well. You know, all of a sudden not doing well, right? So you know, there's two sides of the coin there. But yeah, I mean, the the only reason you might say that is, I suppose, is because Villa have had so many games in hand for for a large part of the season. But you know, they're sitting fifth now. You know, they're sitting fifth now, and I think that that conversation is going to be had. It's that point in the season now where Villa are going to be expected to build on what they've done. And um, yeah, look, I mean, how, how often do you hear people talking about Jack Grealish? He's almost one of the most talked about Premier League players this season, right? Like he is being compared now to, 
Kevin De Bruyne, Bruno Fernandes as 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 one of the best players in the league. So you know, I, I think I think they are they are now I'd say under the microscope a little bit. So um, it should be interesting to see how they handle that. Yeah, hundred percent. You know what, guys? Let's we'll, we'll we'll close that game for now. We'll move on to the Chelsea game because I think that's the most relevant thing. And I think the thing that we can really take out of the Palace result is once again we've answered critics we've we've come back from controversy being a man down and we're seeing more than just one or two players contribute it's more it's more been of a squad effort so that's the most pleasing thing but of course let's do the match ball Stephen. i'll come to you who would be your uh, man of the match or match ball uh i'd have to go for ollie watkins uh hatch give assists uh for my fantasy football and his hold up play was just ollie watkins all over he was so unlucky not to score he had 10 shots and almost two expected goals, you know, hitting the woodwork twice, especially that um, second post hit towards the end of the game. Uh, Grealish's three ball for that was insane. And that would have been such a nice goal, but yeah, he's my man of the match. Fair enough. Danny, how about you? Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I think, I think Ollie Watkins just did so, so well. He ran that game and, and, you know, he's got, even though he's going through a bit of a goal drought at the moment, just showing why he's so important to the team. Uh, Dean Smith said it after the game, you know, there's not a better striker in the Premier League that you would want uh, if you are down to 10 men. He just, you know, runs himself ragged, gets himself in the space that you need him to, brings other players into play. The way that he set up El Ghazi for the third goal was brilliant stuff. Um, Stephen, can I just check with you as, as the resident statistician here? Um, wasn't Villa's like expected goal um, just meant to be ridiculous against Crystal Palace? Am I right in saying that? Yeah, we uh, became only the third team uh, on record to accumulate more than four and a half expected goals, depending on the model you go for. It's between four and a half and five. And that's the most by any team with 10 men as well is is ridiculous. Crazy, crazy stuff. And then, you know, the other thing with Villa that game as well was they never really looked like they were running out of gas and... Uh, yeah, I thought I thought Anwar, Anwar's got to have uh, got to have a fair bit of uh, praise for the way that he played in that game. Um, you know, he always looked like he wanted to be the main guy. Like I said, you know, he doesn't care that there's a Jack Grealish on the pitch. Anwar Elgazi wants to be the Dutch Ronaldo. Thought he had a very good game. <laughs> Traore did well for the 45 minutes he was on the pitch. And also, I want to give a big shout out to Courtney House who came on and scored uh, and also just did a fantastic job. Um, you know, uh, at the back. Um, so he didn't come on to score. Sorry, he, he did score, but just did a fantastic job at the back, uh, covering effectively for for Tyrone Mings um, and showing some great leadership. Yeah, no, hundred um, percent. If I'm going to give my match ball, I think a uh, special mention has to go to Emmy Martinez purely because we could easily been one nil down at the very start of the game. Um, of course, we could have came back from it, but it could have been a completely different story. Of course, things could have played out differently. So, keeping us in that game in the early stages that's massive. We've seen that not happen, especially last season. So it's great to see that. So special mention to him, but I, I think it has to be Ollie Watkins. I mean, he does so much off the ball work. It's actually ridiculous. It's nice to see. And the fact that that man did not score <laughs> on the during the Palace game is mind boggling. I mean, shout out to Jack Grealish for pulling out some Star Wars mind tricks on the Palace midfield and defense. And for Ollie Watkins being able to read that run was absolutely brilliant and it deserved a goal. So um, unlucky, but the goals will come. I'm still very confident in that. But anyways, let's move on to the Chelsea result. It was one all at Stamford Bridge, of course, at time of recording tonight. Um, 
of course this happened you'll hear this obviously the next day um, in the morning but nonetheless of course Olivier Giroud uh, breaks our clean sheet record and I think it would have been what Danny clean sheet basically for the whole month of December if I'm thinking correctly yeah they they, they didn't concede a goal um, in the entire month of September up until the um, goal that was conceded against Chelsea today yeah, like that would have been absolutely crazy for, especially if, I guess maybe that would have been the best Christmas present of all for a December um, total of zero for goals being conceded, basically. I guess that's the best way to make sense in that. But nonetheless, of course, that man again on where old Gazi gets his fifth goal in five games, which is absolutely <laughs> mental. And that me and Steven were talking about this pre-recording. Uh, we've said this before, Danny, and I'll come to you. Uh, the man that's kind of come from absolutely nowhere it seemed like he just didn't have a future at Villa a lot of people were writing him off and he just he just can't stop scoring what's next for this man because honestly like there's no way his place is being dropped in the team currently it's the confidence from him at the moment what's what's interesting is he's very different to Bertrand Traore who's out on the other wing who seems to have to pick up the balls deep and drive it forward and and look to create and where Algarzi's almost doing a lot of what Trezeguet was doing last season and that he's finding himself in really good positions or or just kind of um getting himself into a position where he can have a pop he's effectively the Dutch Ronaldo right now, which just thought he's away his mannerisms are and everything. We always say that, but he's just so confident. He'll have a shot from anywhere. Um, at the moment, his long range shots don't seem to be uh, dropping, but just his instinct to, to be there today for Villa was, was, was brilliant. I think what you're seeing right now is a confident player who let's be honest, you know, when he was at, when he was at Ajax was a serious prodigy. Um, I think you've got a player who's ambitious. He's confident. He wants to, you know, he's got a, pre- he's got a point to prove a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Uh, and, and we're seeing that from him. And we've seen that from Anwar before. There's been times when he's been dropped, I think in the championship and um, he's come back and done uh, incredibly well and proven critics wrong. What I want to see from Anwar Al-Ghazi now is that this just continues and he doesn't drop off. I want to see the same kind of intensity every single game. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think the thing that, especially like, I'm, I'm not going to expect an assist or a goal every game, but I would like to see him continue in other ways. What, whether that's being kind of the secondary assist, um, creating more opportunities, just kind of doing other things as well. If the goals and the primary assists aren't coming, which I, I think right now he has to be at the height of his of his confidence. I mean, everything seems to, oh, I shouldn't say almost everything, but he does have quite a few shots that go um, astray, but nonetheless, it seems like just almost everything he touches turning to gold at the moment. So Steven, I'll come to you next. I, I mean, aside from Anwar Ghazi, who was another player that impressed you most, most this game? Cause for me, it was Courtney house all day long, but uh, who was it for you? Um, I actually think Matty Cash's performance has gone massively under the radar. I think, it was so tough for him, the fact that he was constantly two-on-one, but I thought he dealt with almost everything really well. Obviously, their goal did come down that side, but he, he, he dealt with a lot of that really well. And his cross uh, for Algarzi's goal was incredible. And I think that should have had a lot more praise at the time. I think the commentators sort of focused on the fact that Christensen was down and said Algarzi's finish was pretty good, but I don't think they really talked about the fact that Matty Cash put that cross, you know, in such a good area that yes, it was a decent finish, but El Ghazi scoring that nine times out of 10. And um, another one, obviously John McGinn, uh, it was absolutely everywhere. He was just, he was an animal. Yeah, no, hundred uh, percent. Like the, 
some people like, and of course this is social media. So you kind of make of it what you will. Um, a lot of criticism after conceding. And I'm thinking we've literally conceded one goal this month. And some people are acting like we've conceded 15. I mean, realistically we could be palace. I think they've conceded like something like 11 goals in three games or something ridiculous like that. So I think it's a little hard for some people to kind of go at it and think, Oh, well, we finally conceded. Then the floodgates are going to open. And it's just like, where have some people been for the last four or five games for the last month, basically. And I I think what I'll pass over to Danny now. And the reason why I want to mention Courtney Hawes right now is the man has played both sides of a center back pairing um, for the last few weeks, of course, with Konza being ill for a couple games. And of course, Ming's missing out through uh, two yellows, accumulating two red. And he's just done it seamlessly. I, I mean, I have had zero complaints about him. He scored a goal, could have arguably had another one um, a few games ago. I can't remember which game that was, but Danny, he's just kind of been put in there. And I think a lot of people were looking at him thinking, is he good enough to be even the reserve center back should he be further down the pecking order but he's just jumped in there and he's put in a perfect performance in my opinion yeah look i think that a lot of people have short memories i think i i just just to make a double point here i think first of all you, you can see to chelsea but 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 it's not like villa were defensively poor up until that point i think there was two mistakes one was jack grealish losing the ball um, and then I'd say second one was what your winger not picking up the cross. But anyway, like back to your point on Courtney Horse, you know, again, people have short memories. You know, when he came in last season, he came he came into that defense during the the whole lockdown uh, return from lockdown project restart and everything. You know, Cons, there was that time period where Konza was playing right back. How's did a good job. He did a really good job. And I don't know why people have been so sort of tentative about him coming in. I thought when he came in and played alongside Mings, as you say, he was playing on that right-hand side of that centre-back pairing. But I think him playing alongside Konza, I think that's where he's more comfortable at, at left centre-back. You know, he's a left-footed player, um, seems to be able to kind of, well, he's a little bit more comfortable with his feet there. I think what what he has as well that both Konza and Mings don't have is he's incredibly strong in the air. And that was something that was so, so important against Chelsea. You know, there's an argument saying that Howell should have played regardless if, uh, if, if you know, if, if there was a choice between um, Mings, Konza and House, it's an argument to say that House is your first name there because, look, the way that he was just peppering the balls away from the um, from the corners that Chelsea had and they had 11 of them, it just never felt like Chelsea were ever going to get anything from a set piece. This was not a game where creativity was allowed, right? And what you want at that point is your centre-backs to just kind of stay switched on. And, and, I, and I just thought you had an incredible game. I, I highly rate the guy. Genuinely, we've got to stop thinking about him. And I think people do. I think we've got to stop thinking about him as a championship player that's being asked to act up. He is a Premier League centre-back and it's time to give him that respect. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think the thing is too, I mean, I can't even remember what uh, the club paid for him, but I know it was minimal. Um, I think it was like two million. I think. Yeah, like the fact that you have paid, say, we'll say two million for him, and then whatever has happened and is currently happening to uh, Bjorn Angles, I mean, it, it's night and day. It's crazy to think that he's kind of come from a place where you could probably say Wolves gave up on him, uh, loaned him to us, and then Dean Smith has kind of had the confidence to say, you know what, let's give him a chance. And he's he's grown so much within the last 12 months. It's absolutely insane. And Danny, I think the best thing um, 
point that you made about this whole thing was um, in our WhatsApp chat when you said didn't really even miss Mings today. And that's not a slight on Mings. We're not saying we don't need Mings anymore or anything like that. It's the fact that we're able to call upon people from off the bench, from within the squad, and them to step in and put in high caliber performances. And that's what you need when you want to make progress within this league and to push on and to have success. And we're seeing that this season and it's so, so much deserved. So it's really good to see. But of course, I'll come back to Steven because I'm interested in um, his input in this because, I mean, defensively, we've been excellent. Offensively, we've been excellent. But I think the thing, Steven, that some people kind of, I wouldn't say forget about, but maybe don't notice as much is the combination that I see in Douglas Louise and John McGinn. I mean, those two guys play so well off one another. There's so, like the rotation in terms of one going up the pitch, one staying back and vice versa has worked out so well. And in particular, if you look at John McGinn, especially this game, I think one of the concerns was a lot of these players are playing literally 48 hours or less than 48 hours um, after beating Palace, where are we going to have really tired legs? You look at the Chelsea team, it's basically loads of rotation because they have a, a bevy of squad depth and quality in squad depth. But McGinn's fitness looks to be on another level. Uh, Douglas Louise just looks to not be putting a foot wrong. So can you speak to, I guess, our listeners about those two in particular and their kind of imposition in the game? Well, yeah, Frank Lampard said before the start of the game that you can't ask players to play two games in 48 hours and expect them to keep the same level up. Um, but the two of them proved him absolutely wrong today. They were so, so full of energy. And as you mentioned, the way they work together is just incredible. They've got so much energy. Uh, they're both excellent ball carriers. They they can both pass the ball. And I think that they're a very, very undervalued sort of section of the team, as you say, because the defence is so strong and the attack is so strong. But a big part of what we do is how quickly we can move between the two, going forwards and backwards. Douglas and McGinn are so quick to get involved in the attacks and get ahead of the ball. But also then when we lose it, they're the first ones back to sit in front of that defence and they're just doing everything right. Yeah, and I think I think as well in, in many ways, Louise and McGinn, you know, talking about them, they, they were the main players for Villa today because that entire game for me, that was that entire game was fought in midfield. I mentioned earlier that I don't think there was a lot of space for anybody to be creative. I think that Chelsea, even with Pulisic and um, Hudson-Odoi, found themselves having to kind of rely on crosses from out wide, right? Likewise, Villa, I think, really, really struggled to kind of break through Chelsea's midfield. For me, it was all about how McGinn and Louise were going to deal with Kante and Jorginho. That's, that's what it was for me. And I thought that it was a real sort of even battle there. And in, in many ways, I think McGinn did, you know, perhaps even a better job than N'Golo Kante. But that was just an amazing little battle to watch. And I think, uh, for me, that's probably one of McGinn's best games in a Villa shirt. Yeah, I, I mean, the man just seems to improve continuously. And it's brilliant to see. Um, like, I just wish he scored that goal. I, I mean, how well and how amazing would that have felt? if we could have capitalized on that opportunity. But nonetheless, I mean, a draw is a draw. We can't really complain too much. It's against a very solid Chelsea side. So you kind of have to keep that in mind, of course. And, of course, we finished the month undefeated. And I, I think that's the most positive thing you can say. And we're currently, 
um, time of recording, of course, subject to change given to um, tomorrow's matches and the bevy and the amount of there, there really is. We're sitting in fifth, and I, I don't think you could be much happier than that. And that's crazy to see. And um, long may it continue. But anyways, uh, Danny, I'll go to you first. Who do you give your match ball to? Oh, it's John McGinn. It's 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 John McGinn easily. As as well as I think Villa did defensively. I thought I thought you know brilliant job. I still think that Chelsea might have um, you know might have threatened a little bit more, but they, but but they didn't. You know they, they, there wasn't really many clear cut chances for them. I don't think. I think going forward for me, usually Jack Grealish is in with us out for 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 man of the match, but um, he never really had any space to play. Same with Ollie Watkins. I'd say even same with. Bertrand and El Ghazi, there wasn't an awful lot of space for them. But where Villa won the game was John McGinn's energy because he did not switch off. He did not allow Chelsea to to ever get a grip on the game, really. Um, and, you know, might have got a goal as well. A uh, bit unfortunate for him, but ran the game and just showed for me why I believe, you know, once again, this guy is an elite midfielder. I don't think you can name me more than one or two um, better defensive midfielders or ball winners in the league. So uh gotta go for him. Fair enough. Steven, how about you? Um yeah, I'm the same. John McGinn. He was just absolutely elite tonight and showed everyone how good he is. Yeah, and I think I'm just gonna make it a, a three for three. It has to be John McGinn. I mean I just I love his little purettes and how he pivots and how he can it's so Jack Grealish esque in the way he's able to protect the ball. And I love to see that because the separation that he can create and the opportunities arguably he creates from those it's so great to see and it's so kind of nice to have that confidence in the midfield when you know the ball is going to him you know something can happen and a positive opportunity um, can come our way so long may that continue of course and yeah so that's a perfect December of course we go into the new year on 26 points and I mean I don't think you can ask for much better uh, better I should say but we're running out of time here on the recording so we're just going to talk about um, the United game of course, a little quickly here. So, it's, of course, it's on New Year's Day at Old Trafford. So, all of the um, Jack Grealish going to United gifts are going to come out. All the compilations of him coming to United will come out here in the next few days um, because apparently United fans can read into the future. But nonetheless, Danny, let's come to you first. How are you feeling about this game? Because I, I think, once again, this is one of those games you look at and kind of a, it's a measure of where Villa could potentially be at. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a tough game, right? United are playing really well at the moment. I know they drew, they drew to all with Leicester, but that was you know that was a lapse at the end, really, for them. You know, I think before that, you know, they beat they beat Everton, scored six goals against Leeds United, three past Sheffield United. Villa aren't in for an easy night. You know, they really are not in for an easy night. There's a massive massive um, decision that Dean Smith has to make as well about who's playing between Hawes, Conza, and Mings. Massive decision, right? Because um, Howes and Konza played really, really well, but then you perhaps want somebody who's better with the ball at his feet, so you kind of want Mings to get back in that team. So there's that. But I just think that the attack that United have, you know, who on their day are really, really difficult to play against, the pace that they have, the sheer pace, if they if they run at Villa, um, have a lot of problems. And they're not exactly the, the kind of team to overcommit. So um, in the same way, I don't think Villa are going to, find it very easy to, to 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 get through them tough game for me really really tough game but uh as i say i think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see whether mings comes back in and also whether barkley comes back in 
Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been the outlier here with Ross Barkley. When's he going to come back? Did we not kind of get told all of the information? Um, for me, I think it was just the fact of, you know what, what's the point of throwing him in against Palace? We can get a positive result there. We did obviously can't play against parent club Chelsea. So why not give him that extra rest to make sure everything's good? And hopefully we see him um, against United. But once again, like Danny said, it, it where does where do you put him right back into the team? And I think a lot of people will say yes, but it's a hard one. Everyone's playing so well and it's so good to see. And everyone's kind of biting at the bit for that opportunity. But Steven, I'll come to you for this. I mean, what are your thoughts on the game? How are you seeing this going? Because we've seen what they can do when you kind of go at them. And when you try to dominate possession, they're so quick on the counter, they can play either way. And we've seen them a number of times this season come back from a deficit. So what are your thoughts on the match? Uh, yeah, I think we've just got to play our own game and uh, see who comes out better on the day. I would bring back Ross Barkley just because of how many games a lot of players have been playing. Whether that be to give McGinn a rest and play Ross Barkley a bit deeper, whether that would be you know moving Grudish back to the wing and giving El Ghazi or Traore a rest, I'd, I'd pretty pretty surely say I'd bring Ross Barkley back. But I, re- I reckon if we just play our own game play at our best then we've got every chance of one or even three points yeah I I mean we've seen the result that happened last season of course we drew with them which was a positive result at that point and uh, of course looking back on it it was a massive point uh, given the way things went but again I think this is another game to look at and think you know what we can have an opportunity to get something out of this I think after going up against the likes of Liverpool Chelsea um I, I can't really say to the extent of Arsenal, given how um, they're playing at the moment, but we're answering critics. We're doing the small things right. So why not have a go at them? Why can't we finally beat them? Because it feels like we never do. So it's always up in the air. But before we wrap things up here, guys, because we literally have a matter of a few minutes uh, before the call shuts down, Stephen, uh, can I get your score prediction, please? Uh, I'm going to say a two-all draw. Fair enough. Danny, how about you? I was going to say two all draw as well, you know, I reckon. Uh, but, to, but to be honest, it's me being positive. I think Villa have gone through a really, really positive patch. But um, I just... Come on, Danny. 4-0 is... Villa. 4-0 no, Villa no, again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> United are so good right now. They're so good. They're scoring so many goals. That's that's my thing. I mean, look, we've got a great defence. We've got a brilliant defence. If we can if, if we can keep that up, then... Then, hey, who's to say that we can't get a win? You know what? Let's say 2-1 Villa. Go, Let's go for it. Let's say 2-1 Villa. Why not? Fair enough. You know what? I'm going to match it. I'm going to go 2-1 Villa as well. Um, I'm going to feel like probably I shouldn't have said that right before the game like I always do, but those are kind of the the Villa uh, panic attacks I have before. But uh, I, I'm sure I'll get over it. I'll go 2-1 Villa as well. I just think if you play it the right way, you can have success against this United team. We've seen how not to and how to. So if the lads do the studying right of the game film and they put the work in on the pitch, I think, I think we could get something here. And it's going to be an interesting one because you never really know what to expect with United. They're either one end of the spectrum or the complete opposite. So you never know. We could catch them on a bad day and even on a good day. You never know. We're just playing 
that well. But anyways, guys, let's wrap it up there. Of course, thank you very much to Danny and to Stephen for joining me today. If you want to find Stephen on Twitter, it's at Villa Analytics. If you want to find Danny on Twitter, it's at Razagerno. And of course, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Talk Aston Villa. And of course, you can tweet us at 7500 to Holt. Email the podcast at Holtcast at gmail.com. We'll leave it there. Hopefully, a positive result on New Year's Day. But don't forget, up the Villa. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.